Good evening, Flicking and Screaming. The Mission Impossible franchise has been one of the most influential action series in the history of cinema, but has had many fans argue over which movie is best. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to come to a definitive ranking of Mission Impossible movies by any means necessary. As always, if you or any of the members of the FNS team are roasted on Twitter for your takes, the Secretary will disavow any knowledge of this podcast. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague, and we have accepted the mission. Me and my co-host, Evan Fagundis. Hello, hello. And J.T. Chipman. What's going on, everyone? We are doing it, people. We are going to rank definitively all six Mission Impossible movies. It seems an impossible task, but Flicking and Screaming is up to the challenge. But before we do, how the hell are you guys? Chip, talk to me. I'm doing really good, fellas. I'm happy to be here, as always, coming off of, uh, off of a lot of adrenaline, a lot of, uh, you know, just like pure masculinity from this series, uh, expressed in, in the best way, and, and action and excitement. I'm just like thrilled to be alive, you know? I just I, Six times, I just went up against the impossible and came out alive. So, I mean, how could I be better? Yeah, I mean, Evan, what about you? I'm feeling the same way. It was just... Um, an exhilarating week of movie watching. I, I really was just basically ripping one a night uh, over the last week. And it's just been, I mean, a whole lot of fun. Like whatever you think of each of these movies individually, and we'll definitely get into that. I think every single one has like elements of fun that you can connect to, um, which is which is what I took out of it. And um, overall, yeah, feeling good. I feel like this is a good like like a peppy, you know, comeback to everyone starting to get out there, going to movie theaters, stuff like that. 100%. These are like going to the movie theater movies in, you know, in the best way. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I personally, every single movie, I had to make a bag of popcorn. I don't know what it was, but I was like five minutes in pause. I have to make a bag of popcorn before I get into the rest of the movie. I think it was like, it just goes to show how, movie theatery these movies are uh and it made me so excited to just get in front of a giant screen and be like like just blaring music and action scenes and i'm i'm like fired up i i haven't had this much adrenaline in in a long time so i'm stoked um there's so much to talk about with these mission possible movies and i don't want to step on the rankings but i think we need to talk about the franchise as a whole what do you guys think we got to dive in right like let's let's talk about it it's yeah. got to be considered one of the most successful franchises of all time, right, Evan? Would oh, you agree? yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think both um, like critical reception and monetarily, I, I, I think it's hard to beat just because of the longevity, too. And, and you see how, how long they're spread out. You know, there's a lot of those quick series where they'll pump out like two or three in a four-year span and kind of capitalize on like holding the consciousness. But these movies are just like four, six-year spacings. And... You know, now what? Twenty-five years later, we're still we're still getting the seventh. It's like it's a it's a select group of films that or a series that have actually like had the staying power like that. Not only that, they're getting better. 
I yes, think, uh, also I that. Want, again, I don't want to step on rankings, but the the quality and scope is increasing, and I don't think that the quality is suffering for it. Um, mm-hmm. in, in fact, I would say this is the premier action franchise in Hollywood right now. Um, I previously thought it was a bit of a toss-up between this and the Fast and Furious franchise, both, you know, big, dumb, fun, engaging blockbusters, but there, there's another level to MI, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I think it's because of Cruz, um, the way that he quite literally throws his body into these films, and it's uh, it's clear that these are Ethan Hunt's movies, uh, almost always. There's a small exception in, in one of the movies, but it's so singularly focused and lifted by Cruz. Um, I also find it fascinating the specific directors and writers who have worked on the franchise. Mm-hmm. Brian De Palma, John Woo, and then you know uh, like guys like J.J. Abrams and Brad Bird. Like There's a, there's a <laughs> fingerprint. There's a, 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 a specific type of... Or a, a unique director for a lot of these that is is interesting um and then the films also have a lot of consistency with their actors there's some movement for better or for worse but there is consistency uh with Cruz, with the focus on him and with the chemistry that he has uh the chemistry is very consistent with the actors that that he works with um i i, I don't think that there is a bad mission impossible movie guys i really don't i don't even think there's a mediocre or average mission impossible movie mm. i think they are all like really good to stone cold perfect and i think that's something that very few if any franchises uh can say right now or ever mm. um lot i of, agree a lot of points in there that i really want to touch on i want to have the cruise conversation but uh i want to talk about what you said you said it's the number one action movie franchise in hollywood and that is really a, a distinction that i love that you made because i think early on it was trying to be a spy movie franchise and then it decided, it made the decision that we are an action movie franchise, right? Like, when I think of Mission Impossible, you're right, I view it against Fast and Furious movies, not against James Bond movies, necessarily. Evan, do you feel the same way? Like, this is an action franchise, not a spy franchise? Um, I don't know. I was battling with that a lot, because I think at times they've actually realized that they need to go back to some of... Some, some of the earlier spy stuff to really create some of the success that they've had lately. And I was thinking a lot about James Bond too. And to be perfectly honest with you, you watch a movie like Skyfall or something, they have massive, massive set pieces, action oh, set yeah. pieces. And they clearly have decided like just doing the slinking around hotel rooms that like Connery was doing, like we need to do more than that. So I actually see some similarities there. Like, yes, it's definitely an action series, but... I think they haven't forgotten that they do need to have, like, unlike Fast and Furious, which has completely lost any semblance of, like, plots, Mission Impossible actually does try to, like, actually slide a mission in there, if that makes sense. So it kind of reminds me of Bond a little bit. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I agree in the latest ones they've – they've tried and i think the distinction i've always made between mission impossible and bond is they're both spy movies right and i think bond is our spy movies that have like really focused like once or twice in the movie big time action sequences with like a little bit of breath in between them and mission impossible to me is like non-stop what is tom cruise going to do next that is going to blow me away from like a like we were i was watching this with rachel my wife and she legitimately like, when I said, oh, yeah, he does all his own stunts in these movies. Every time a new stunt came on, she's like, did he do that one? Is that real? 
is that, you know, like she couldn't believe some of the stuff that he actually was doing for these movies and like putting his body on the line for the sake of entertainment. And I think that's where a lot of the interest and value in, in these uh, this franchise lies for me anyway. Chip, what do you what do you think on that? I agree. I do think that they are predominantly action over spy, um, at least at this point, uh, especially with Fallout. I think Fallout is, is very little concerned with being a spy movie, but I think that uh, of the most recent three, I think Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation have some spy stuff to them. I think especially like at the end of uh, uh, Rogue Nation, there's a, a lot of um, trying to outsmart as, as opposed to, uh, you know, shootout with the with the bad guy with solomon lane ethan hunt is is really focused on getting into his mind and analyzing his next move and uh and counteracting it before he even makes it um and you know since that was a chris mccrory movie rogue nation was and he's you know still got the reins it 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 leads me to think that there will be some more spy stuff still coming even as the action set pieces maybe get bigger and the stunts get more dangerous and more more imaxy and everything Uh, i still think there's a little bit of that spy focus just enough to where uh it breaks up the action and, you know, makes me feel a little bit smarter for watching them, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be frank. Okay. Yeah, so just for sake of argument, let's call it an action franchise. And I want yes. to talk about where it sits in the pantheon of action franchise movies, right? Or, sorry, action movie franchises. Because, you know, what are the – we have some big ones, right? You know, over the course, we have the Die Hard, we have, you know, Fast and Furious, we've got Mission Impossible, we've got, you know, a whole a whole big group of action movie franchises. Where does this sit for you? Is it, you know, is it tier A, tier B? We don't have to get into, like, it's the best or the worst, because maybe we'll save that for a different podcast, because content. But, you know, what, what tier is this uh, as far as movie franchises for you, Evan? Um, like... I it, it's a little bit different, like personal versus I think like public perception. I'd say personally, I'd have it like, you know, I mean, it would be tier A for me. I, I think actually uh, both personally and publicly, it would be tier A. Um, there's an argument to be made that it's the greatest of all time. Just like I was saying earlier, as far as just box office success mixed with critical success, um, because it, that usually doesn't go hand in hand. You know, like one of the most recent examples would be like the MCU um, and it's always hard to, to like, do we consider that an actual franchise? Is that, you know, quote unquote universe like that? We don't have to get into that. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say this is my absolute favorite action franchise of all time. Um, I'd have to put a little bit more thought into that. But this is definitely like if I was making a short list, this would be one of the first two or three that pops into my mind. Evan Fagundis, Martin Scorsese, handshake emoji. The MCU is not real cinema. <laughs> hey, if you well, I, had, I couldn't it. let that slide, yeah, and I, you know, enough. I, I think that Martin made some points, uh, even though I do like the MCU. But for me, like I said, this is number one for me in terms of action franchises, um, mm-hmm. at least of franchises that are active right now. I'm trying to like think back in my head of franchises that are no longer around that like stretch to the point of six, seven, eight movies, and I like. They're not as good, but one like one that I thought of was like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, like yeah. obviously it slows down over the last few, but they made what six now? Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily think I would consider anything that's got three movies. I would consider it franchisey enough. You know, you know what I mean. You know, like I'd even. It's like hard because like like Predator, like that's a franchise. 
you know, t technically it's, it's hard to get into the semantics of like what is and what is not a franchise. Cause if you want to break it down by like what has six or six plus movies and is in the action genre, you know, then we're looking at really like two big hitters. And I, you know, I think we got to broaden the conversation. And I think what's, what you said earlier, Chip, which I love, or no, actually, Evan, I think you said that. I apologize. Is for having six movies, you know, the quality, even, you know, even though we, we can get into takes of what we think about each of the individual movies, um, the quality stands up over six movies. Whereas in Pirates, right, you know, it really, it does tail off after the main quote unquote trilogy. And I think it's gotten better, like Chip did say. Um, which is like a huge testament to the people behind, you know, the franchise, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to have the Tom Cruise conversation because he is uh, a singular human being, I think, not just in Hollywood, but uh, in general. And I don't, I don't know necessarily know if we want to get into the uh, all of like the Tom Cruise politics and stuff behind, but I want to talk about him as a movie star. Uh, and Chip, Tom Cruise... Is this is Ethan Hunt who you think of when you think of Tom Cruise as a movie star? It's so tricky because right now I don't know who Tom Cruise the the, the person is. I think that um, for uh, based on what happened in the two thousands, Tom Cruise has been completely PR wiped in the past decade or so, and he just doesn't. Um, everything he does is so calculated, and that, this is true for every movie star, obviously. But with Cruz's history, what he does now is so precise. Like, I even look at the audio leak of his COVID rant last year. I 1,000% believe that that leak was intentional. Um, and it, I, don't, I very well could see that, that rant being scripted or at least mm -hmm. thought out ahead of time. And, like, maybe he did need to prove a point to some people about following COVID protocol. But, like, he said a few things that were, like, oh, you've been turning this over in your mind and, like, rehearsing these lines for a script. And, you know, that's that's fine. That's just what, what actors do. But, like, there is nothing that he does in public without, uh, without a script, without uh, a plan, without extreme coordination. So in terms of, like, the public figure, I think that he's, he's, a, he's a stone wall at this point. But as a movie star, he is just top of the line. There's no question about it. I think he's the second or third greatest action star of all time. I think he's he's just a great performer, too. I mean, we've seen it in the 90s. It's it's a curious conversation if he doesn't, or if he wins Oscars, what he looks like today. Um, but I think that as an action legend, there's no one like him in the world right now. And he's he might die making these action movies, and I don't think we should take that for granted. <laughs> yeah, that's straight up. Yeah, that... That's a great point. Yeah, we got to value our time with our man, I guess, when he's like hopping out of crashing helicopters and stuff. But, um, you know, the amount of respect that I have for Tom Cruise as an actor and, and as a movie star or like has grown exponentially watching all these movies back to back over the last week. He is legitimately first to answer your question. To me, he is Ethan Hunt, 100%. Like, that's who I think of in my head when I think of Tom Cruise. And it basically has been my whole life. Um, but the earnestness that he has in the first first few of these movies, even after he's already a massive star, like he was already billing, you know, 20, 20 million a movie or whatever by the time he was making the first Mission Impossible. Um, there's like an earnest, like, 
like he's trying so hard to be really good and like make this series like amazing. Like he's, you can tell he's like working with John Woo in the second one. Like, what do I need to do for you to make like the best action movie I possibly can? Um, in Brian De Palma's, you know, movie, the first one, like he's clearly even like, Hey, I'll try to pretend like I have sex in real life, like for your movie. But in the later ones, it's funny how he, um, like that earnestness wears off, but it still works. Whereas in other roles that Cruz has had, that earnestness has worn off and it makes his performance weird to me a little bit. But even in the later ones in this one, it's like, yes, he's self-aware as like being like the biggest and the baddest and, and he's going to try hard every time, but it still like comes across well. So it's like, I'm very impressed with the way he's been able to navigate this series and stay fresh. I just got to say that is going to go up there in the flicking and screaming hall of fame with Aaron put the pen down. I'll pretend that I have sex for Brian De Palma's movie. That's fucking hysterical. Evan, you never cease to amaze me. Um, what you guys have, what you guys have said about Tom Cruise, I think there's nothing you could add. He is, he's such a unique character. Um, I think what he brings to movies, the energy, the enthusiasm, like you can, you can't define it as anything else other than he puts 100% of himself into everything that he does. Yeah. And I think it, I really love the way that translates to action films and specifically these movies, especially like it's weird to watch them back to back because you're like, oh shit, there's character growth throughout these movies, and that's a weird thing to say about an action franchises like Ethan Hunt actually grows and changes as a character mm-hmm. uh, throughout these movies and I think that's part of the reason that they keep getting better but man it's yeah, not he, stale no, like that no, no. has to be attributed to one of the reasons that we're still like yeah give me number seven like you know and then we're gonna be saying give me number eight because it's like 100%. you're not just watching the f- same four characters every single movie do just a variation of the same mm-hmm. thing yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of what they're doing on screen. Like, I would even say all the characters, like, a lot of, like, the, re, you know, recurring cast. Yeah. You know, like, even, like, Simon Pegg is Benji, Yeah, 100%. Like, he's, he's awesome. And, like, they, what they are doing in the, the most recent movie is directly connected to their roles in previous movies. And I think that's really cool um, mm-hmm. and really unique to this, this uh, genre of movie. Mm-hmm. Should we rank? I'm like ready. Yeah. I'm ready to get going. I think it's we time. Got to. We got to. Got to fucking do it, man. <laughs> we got to do uh, it. <laughs> I'm so nervous about this. I have no idea how this is going to go. Um. All right, Chip. I want you to start so, us off. Hold what hold you- on, Jed. Yeah. Before tell the people exactly what we're going to do. I know it sounds like pretty obvious, but but run yeah. them through what we're about to do. So we did this once previously with Harry Potter. Thank you for reminding me, Evan. Mm-hmm. What we are about to do is we are going to rank the Mission Impossible movies from worst to best um, as a consensus vote. This is not like individual what we think. We are going to have to argue for the movies that we love being in higher positions. There could be potentially some bartering. Things could get nasty. Um, But I'm really excited. I'm also very nervous because I have no idea what your guys' lists are going to look like. Uh, And I was on Twitter today. There was a couple things uh, that were floating around potentially worried me uh which you know is pretty normal of twitter so chip i think i want you to throw out i did it with harry potter's what do you think deserves to be the the worst quote-unquote mission impossible movie i think that my least favorite i hate even saying worse because i love this movie um i think my least favorite is mission impossible 3 immediate caveat (laughs) 
This is already bad. Immediate caveat. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's character 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 is probably the best villain in the franchise. Um, mm. And like real life evil. Like the way that he's like he's like kind of sociopathic in that his tone is very flat when he's telling Hunt that he is going to you know I'm going to kill you and kill everyone mm-hmm. you love in front of you. And it's like. It's so steady and calm, even when he is about to be thrown out of a fucking airplane. And it's like, what the fuck are you on, man? Like, where, where do you go in your acting role to, like, find this, uh, this evil? Uh, but I, I, I like a lot of this movie. I like the, uh, the, the entire scene at the Vatican is so well executed. It's very clever. It's very funny. Um, the pacing is, like, like almost perfect. Um, but in terms of, like... I don't enjoy J.J. Abrams' style of action filmmaking as much as some of the other action in the franchise. I think it's it's just the the, the weakest to me. Um, it's just I think it's a bit uneven. Um, I don't know if I fully buy Ethan and Julie in this movie as much as in some of the as in uh, specifically Fallout. I think that there there's some good stuff being done, but a lot of it feels a little bit cliche, especially at the beginning when they're like. You know, trying to live live a happy life, and Ethan's going behind her back. It, it just feels a little bit played out to me. Um, it's still very, 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 very good, and I love it. Um, it's just to me, bottom bottom tier. Yeah, so I agree with you one hundred percent. But this is number five. But this is number five. Oh, and so you disagree is, with him? Not one hundred percent. No, I said I agree with him one hundred percent about everything he said about the movie sure. being bottom tier, but. The bot he's in the bottom tier, but it's the fifth best, which means it's still in the bottom tier. Mission Possible Two is by far and away the worst of the franchise, far and away the worst of the franchise. Why? And be I don't know for so many reasons. This movie, like all the beautiful beats of the first movie, it feels like they're just like relying on them so much. There's way too much unmasking in this fucking movie. I don't necessarily love like any of the. I don't know. I think this is Tom Cruise's worst performance in any of the Mission Impossible franchise is in Mission Impossible 2. Um, I don't... I think the villain really misses for me, even though I like the premise of it, where it's like, he should be, like, really scary. He's a former... He's a former IMF agent. Now he's, like, trying... I just never under quite understand his motivations. Like, everything... Like, it's by far and away the worst villain of the franchise. Um... There are some really cool set pieces and an unbelievable motorcycle chase towards the end, but I just don't... This movie is, like, of all the movies, it was the hardest for me to, like, connect with, and it stood out just watching it. Like, for any other reason, I watched all of them, and I said, man, 2 just really doesn't live up to the rest of them. And I think the biggest thing is probably the villain, and I think that's why three is ahead of two in my mind because Philip Seymour Hoffman is genuinely like genuinely scary like I never think that I can't even remember his name what the villain in um in uh two I never think he's gonna best Ethan Hunt in the end you know he always seems too arrogant to get the better of him well so just to start Sean Ambrose is the name of the villain in two and he's played by Doug Ray Doug Ray Doug Ray Scott 
Mm-hmm. I have, he was also in like Taken Three, a couple other films in his filmography. Phenomenal um, IMDb page. Did Go check did it out. did not connect with that villain. I will totally agree there. Thandi Newton, incredible in this movie. She to me is by far the best part of this movie. In mm. pretty much like a nothing part, like they don't really give her any sort of motivation, but she makes the most with what she has. Um, for me, it's not like a knock on it at all. I have two comfortably at six as well, um, and it more has to do with. Three, I actually have it on the border of Mission Impossible Three. I have it on the border of being my number four movie. I this movie is so stylish and like cool. Um, there's so many cool. I, you know, I'm gonna sit here and say I actually love J.J. Abrams' direction on this movie. Like especially coming off of two, it seemed like he wanted to make an effort to get back to being like really slick rather than just like brute. You know, action like cool in a different way i guess that's a good of. point that's a good um point. Yeah. and i actually do go for some of the personal stuff i do go for the kind of the handheld action sequences i know that's something that we i differ on with you guys uh in other movies as well um so it's less to do with like i mean well it it's not fully has nothing to do with like two the plot of two makes no sense i'm just gonna go out there and say and lots of these plots are pretty crazy but this one is like and i did read that they cut out a lot of john woo's original cut because it was way too long and so they had to cut a lot of context and that shows through because you're just you have no idea why anyone's doing anything ever and there's like a virus and if and they're sitting in this lab like i will say though (laughs) number two has for sure aged really well because of covid like the evil the evil virus it had my skin crawling yeah Yeah, for for sure sure. it it's like pre-covid i'd be like this makes no fucking sense and Mm -hmm. at least i was able to buy into like evil virus a little bit but still it didn't land home for me yeah so i i don't need to go into it too much more i just have to say that like i think all these movies are good three i actually really like and two i'm like oh that's good so that's that's the difference for me see two i think is like i think that the action in the last hour of two is the second best of the franchise next to fallout um, Bro, sorry, spoiler alert, the amount but... of the amount of fucking times they go to slow motion birds at the end of two shoot me in the face. No, dude. See, slow I, motion. No, no, no. Birds. we cannot we cannot fire on the John Woo. John Woo is a killer, and it, that shit is no, wrong. Listen. It just doesn't fit as well. Okay, no, that's I what I it mean. Fit. It doesn't fit. I think it does fit. Now, listen, I am more or less uh, for the most part pretty anti slow motion. I think that like like Zack Snyder slow motion, I don't care for. So I'm, I'm going to throw, like, multiple strays at Zack Snyder during this episode. Um, but for now, I will say that his slow motion, I don't care for. But John Woo's slow motion, I do like, because I think it serves a purpose. I think it helps identify where characters are and, like, the actions they're performing and emotions on their face. I think it, I, I don't know, it engages me so much more, especially with his color palette and just the aesthetics and the, and the blocking of his scenes. I think it's, like... Amazing. Um, I, I agree. I think that two, the problem with Ethan Hunt's character in two is they try to make him too much like James Bond. And he's not a womanizer. That's not who Ethan Hunt is is supposed to be. Um, right. And like the, the formalities of Bond and the, the seduction, it just doesn't, it's not good. But I, I will live and die for that action, for that motorcycle. To me, it's, I have it at four on my board. Um, wow. I'm willing wow. to, so... So this is no. my proposal right now. I'm willing to put it at six and, and MI3 at five, and yeah, then we can 100%. maybe come back to it and, and revisit Because exactly. I do think I have MI3 last, like I said, but I, I can put it at five because, again, I do think the, the PSH is um, um, just uh, 
demented in the best I, way in this movie. I personally have these two like at six and five, and it is significantly different. I think these two are so much worse than the top four. I it's disagree. Like, yeah. No, I yeah. think they're perfect still. You know, I, okay, okay. I, I still I enjoy think... these movies, but I, I, I think the top four are in a different category. And you can disagree, and that's fine. But, Chip, I do want to touch on something you did say because it, it did give me a little bit of appreciation for John Woo, more of John Woo's style. Is It's kind of the anti-born movie action. He's doing the slow motion to place people. Whereas, like, born, it's all about the chaos, right? You know, you're like, and I didn't necessarily realize it at the time, but I do appreciate what he's doing as far as, like, giving the audience a chance to, like, catch up. I still don't love how much slow motion there is. It's so much slow motion he, in this yeah. movie. The it's, non-action slow motion is excessive. Yeah. there Because the action, I, I do love it. And I actually do kind of like the birds because it, like, it's almost like a calm before the storm sometimes, it's but then Assassin's sometimes Creed. when they're just like walking through the the party and it's just like, oh, yeah. there's the second slow mo of the party. You're like, I yeah. that's cool. <laughs> the first hour of the movie is is not my favorite. The first hour of the movie <laughs> yeah. is the worst hour of the Mission Impossible franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I okay, agree. so can we agree? Am I two at at six? Am I yeah. three at five? Are we yeah. fine with that? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, Rocky. Rocky. Start. Remember how we started Harry Potter when we just it was like ten seconds in. We had. It's about to get. Two. It's about to get rockier. At number four, okay. I think it should be Fallout. Absolutely what? not. Absolutely not. What? No the fucking fuck? shot. A thousand Rogue, percent. No. Fallout is five times as good as Rogue Nation. Rogue, Rogue Nation should is the be right best. here. Rogue Nation is a hundred percent the best movie in the franchise. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Jesus. A thousand Christ. percent. It's the best. No. Movie in this the is Rogue Nation spot right here. Get the fuck out of here. This is Rogue I, Nation is the best movie in the franchise, no. bro. No, it's not. not. Ghost yes, Protocol is. is actually fourth. No. Ghost <laughs> Protocol. I could live with that fourth, but I have Ghost Protocol as the second best. Me too. <sighs> Fuck. Ghost Protocol because it gets so much credit for rebooting the franchise. Into Ghost the Protocol has era. the best sequence of the entire series. The Dubai sequence it has Thousands comedy, mm-hmm. it has like crazy sex appeal, action. it has yeah. a dude scaling a a wall like it. The it's tallest it's building in the world. Most succinctly combines everything that like individually we love about this series. The I Dubai under- sequence is not better than the Langley. Uh, yeah, the, or the Ben. Well, the Dubai sequence is not better than Langley, and it's not better than the Fallout uh, parachuting, or I guess it's not parachuting, whatever it's called. No. Into the uh, what is it? Berlin is that where they oh. are in, in Fallout? When they when they when, when they jump down when they're jumping out of the plane. Let me yeah, you, and then let me, the, I'm talking I, about the entire scene from when they jump to when they're in the club. All the action, the, the yeah. Henry Cavill bathroom scene, okay. uh, to to Vanessa Kirby, <laughs> like that entire like 20 minute. That's yeah. the that's. Top, can't, top notch. Can I tell you why Fallout is fourth? Okay, I we mean, get, yeah, you I can guess. try. It's this not is because Fallout is a bad movie at all. I love. I think Fallout's an awesome movie, but it didn't create the franchise and doesn't have like the I- iconic appeal of M one. Uh, it didn't reboot the franchise like Ghost Protocol did and like bring it into the bring Mission Impossible into the modern era. In my opinion. And it doesn't do what Rogue Nation does, which is create the plot that Fallout, like, continues. Like, Fallout would be nothing without Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation is taking Mission Impossible in an entirely new direction. It invents the syndicate. 
it has Solomon Lane as a genuinely scary character, not a bearded, hairy freak. Like, it, it is... Seriously, it is the Rogue Nation is the best movie in the in the franchise, no. like a hundred percent. First of all, I made this exact argument about Deathly Hollows Part One, and you guys said, "Well, blah blah blah." <laughs> this movie only sets up the next movie. Like, it's a good movie, no doubt about it. But more I think about it, that villain is trash. Polish. I'm gonna go out there and say it right now. What'd you say? Not not Solomon scary Lane at all. is trash. Not scary at all in in the first Fuck one in. Get no, in fu- in Rogue Nation, he does not scare me at all. Phil, I don't think more... I don't know if he scares me, but he's certainly like a fascinating screen presence. Oh my god! He all the scare you? they go so he deep murders, into like the Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, cold blood. Yeah, I agree with that, but I, that's part of the reason I like it. I, I don't know. I like the final scene. I'm just like, yeah, Ethan Hunt's gonna fucking best this guy. This guy thinks he's like playing chess, and Ethan Hunt's like. Sitting on the moon. I, I don't know. Like, I. Okay, this we need movie to decide what we're going to put it for, it for me. Because I, I. We haven't talked about Ghost Protocol here in this conversation. I have Ghost Protocol. I had it at five, but I'm willing to put it at four. Um, because I think that. I do think that you're right that it does begin to reboot the franchise and it has some good sequences. But I think. The reason I have it at four is because I think Renner's character in this movie is a total miss. Um, you know, and I know that they were trying to, like, possibly hand the franchise over to him. And, like, they try to create this intrigue around him and, like, a little bit of uh, tension with Cruz. And I just don't believe it at all. I don't think that he's an interesting character or, or a fun character to get to know. He doesn't... Uh, and, like, I, that's partially intentional, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> you but know, how, I, just, I just think he's a total the- distraction. I don't know. How good is the opening sequence of Ghost Protocol, though, in the Russian prison? I mean, inc- absolutely Dude, incredible. The first two set pieces are Russian prison Kremlin. Like, yeah. that shit yeah. rips so hard. So That's hard. really good. And then Renner that, comes That along. explosion, I will say. Really and then Renner's bad part of CGI Dubai, of the yeah. Kremlin explosion. Like, it just shows you how, how good CGI has become. But Great crews uh, getting thrown by a blast, though. But he's running away. Yeah. Dude is hooked up to so many wires. I just. I have one more thing with Ghost Protocol too. Yeah. The, the nuke gets launched, right? And the nuke is like seconds away from landing in. Uh, is it is it San Francisco actually? Yeah. 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 So that's personal for you guys. I get why you why you are happy that yeah. it didn't I, land. But yeah, I mean, it would have been um, devastating. The U.S. like the United States would know there was a nuke in the air. That's that's my big thing. Is like there's no way that. The government or someone is not tracking what is moving through the air and if there is a nuke that is like seconds away from landing in a major city and once they know that they are immediately retaliating so that's i have like i know these are dumb action movies but i have such a hard time buying that i'm willing to put ghost protocol at four if rogue nation is in the top two no, so I don't like that at all. No. I, I can put if Rogue we're going to talk about plot holes, can we talk about Rogue Nation? There's like supposedly a th- like like whatever hundreds of these rogue agents who have gone quote unquote missing, but yeah. no one in the world other than Ethan Hunt believes that this shit is true. No one has yeah, heard anything about them. Dude, they're all supposed to be dead. They're they all, missing. Their deaths? No, their deaths have all been faked. Missing or dead is what missing he says. Dead. Like. 50 times throughout this movie. You tell me the bone doc. <laughs> yeah, missing or dead. Missing okay. or dead. And yeah, so he's no the only one. It. And they're committing these terror acts all over the world. They're yeah. terrorizing the whole world. Yeah. And 
And everyone in the underworld knows about them. Everyone's selling them shit. Everyone is selling them guns, plutonium, whatever. But the director CIA. of the CIA, everyone is just like, yeah, that shit isn't real. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at like at spy movies in the recent era. And what do we know about them? The government wants to shut down Cold War era spy tactics, right? So Alec Baldwin, as the head of the CIA, is trying anything to to like disavow anything that the IMF says, right? So, of course, they'd be like, nah, we don't believe that. We don't believe that. Hunt is crazy. All that thing. That's a plot that we go back to in Fallout. Again, it's like, oh, Hunt's this crazy guy that, like, he's John Lark. Like, that is something that we revisit again in the next movie. But I agree. In, it's stupid in, in that one, too. <laughs> no, it's stupid when they go back to it. But when it's the whole organization, like, when it is the CIA trying to take control of IMF, and trying to, you know, say, hey, discredit anything that they're saying. I understand it a little bit more. Like, that that plot doesn't... That's not a plot hole in my mind. That doesn't bother But he me. believes it. I would I would be on board with what you're saying if he was like, I'm just saying this to get rid of the IMF so CIA can take control. But he's actually like, this shit isn't real. Because Rogue like, Nation is underground, bro. <laughs> and also, they're... I think Alec Baldwin works best when he's kind of an idiot. Yes, I think agreed. that, like, like, he needs to be a little bit stupid. Um, for like he he you know he's uh he's very masculine you know he's very like just like an old man who's very set in his ways right and that causes like him the whole to just, thinks like, he's the smartest guy in the room exactly yes. yeah and that of course means he's not the smartest guy in the room right and with the whole like they think that he's John Larkin Fallout thing that's barely a factor like they they shut that down and they almost kind of laugh at it because like Baldwin is like like it's uh. You know, it's it's Henry Cavill who's promoting the theory, right. but it only lasts like five minutes in the movie because yeah. Alec Baldwin knows that he's not John Lark and helps yeah. him identify Henry Cavill as John Lark. So I, right. I think that it works better in Fallout than Rogue Nation. Fallout, no, I disagree because I think the entire last like whatever thirty minutes of Fallout like only existed as a vehicle to one bring uh, Ethan Hunt's wife back into the picture and oh two to have that whole helicopter chase crash. This like, is it. Why does the whole series exist, sir? It's for <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's why the whole thing exists. But but it's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, Again, I think it's good, but it's number four for me. That, that Evan, is. do you have Fallout number one? I do. I well, so here's the thing: I have Fallout and Ghost Protocol one A one B. That's why I'm having trouble. Like I'm with you 100 percent on Fallout, but like. I so literally the, have them the, almost neck and neck because I just think Ghost Protocol combines everything that I love about it. So, like, it's so much funnier than Rogue Nation and Fallout that so, okay, it kind of draws me M1? in. Does everyone have M1 at three? Does every single person yeah. have M1 at three? Oh. You have it at two, Chip. Okay. Oh, man. I, I if, if I'm giving up Ghost Protocol all the way at four, Fallout is going to be number one. I can't live with that. What the fuck? I can't live with... With the one that I had at four at number one. So let's then, do mission. Well, I guess let's that's do let's two. do M one at four. I'm fine with M one at four because oh, I, I honestly M one only snuck into the top three for me because of like you know seniority because it started the franchise. Oh, like the man. opening the opening sequence and the Langley sequence, incredible. But I just love the modern ones so much. See Jed, what Diploma course, does with Mission uh, Impossible One is just 
perfection. The way that he shoots Ethan Hunt from all these angles, and it's like yeah. it's a really sweaty dis- movie. I, it's I like really steamy and yeah. sexual. It's and like, like film there's noir. A lot of POV. Almost. It's yes, exactly. It's noir. It's feverish. There's so many range of camera shots from the ceiling to the floor. It's like it's it's just draws you in so much more than any other movie for how it shoots the characters. Mm -hmm. And it's got fucking John Reno. Yeah, which I mean, we know Evan's a big John Reno guy. Huge. Love for you, big uh, you, big John Voight guy, Evan. Shout out to the. I mean, John Voight. Another hey, we can't bring the personal lives into these characters, or else we never would be able to talk about these people. Fair John Boy is like an action legend, so absolutely, yeah. I love seeing John Boy. I, I love, there. dude. John John Voight, like M one is sick, but I just, of course, like the super political, like uh, Jed. Of course, that's your, uh, of course, that's your by far your favorite. the The one where they were like, "Hey, we have a brain. Watch us." It fucks. Rogue Nation fucks. Oh. You think? I think that the politics of Fallout are pretty interesting. Actually, Bro, I think that. Attached. Yeah, but I think they're talk about action sequences. I like the politics of Fallout. Tom Cruise is is attached to a plane that takes off in the sky. Because Fallout at least doesn't try to pretend like like they're smarter than everyone, and they're like, yeah, we can do like the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy thing. They're just like, they just kind of throw it out there versus the movie before like rogue nation is entirely reliant on you actually being invested in this argument that they're making. So I think fallout I think, does. I a think that's too. why I like it. I think that's there's a whole like manifesto it. in fallout. Yeah, but it, it takes up like a couple of minutes versus like the entire final scene of rogue nation. The entire final 30 minutes is like a chess game with like a, who's going to best who like, you know what I mean? Like and versus Fallout's kind of like in and more, out, and then they're like, "Let's go jump on another plane." So you know, I like think the, re- the reason Rogue Nation is my favorite is I think Rogue Nation is a hundred percent the most traditional spy movie of the franchise. It is a it's more spy than action in my mind, it, but it has great action so, sequences. But you just said it's got a great action sequence. I'm not saying that I was making that argument earlier action, on. Yeah, but but I, you were saying this favorite. is for sure an action movie because this isn't Bond. This isn't a spy. I was talking series. about the series in general. Don't fucking <laughs> try to like take my arguments about the series and bring <laughs> them into an individual movie. But you why are we arguing? Makes it I love Rogue Nation. Why are we <laughs> arguing about a movie that I like and that you had it? You had it number two, right? No, you had Ghost Rogue Protocol at two. No, I had it four. Oh yeah, fuck you guys. Whatever. Put it at four. I'll get my revenge. Four. Later. Yes, this is yeah, what's good because I think fuck that. You guys. This is, Rogue Nation I mean, is the I like best. I like Rogue Nation a lot. It is Jedheads unite. I, actually, I mean, four, I have Rogue is... Nation in my like in my top tier in my in my top three. I think that's that's the thing is like I believe that putting Mission Impossible one in the bottom three is like so sacrilegious. I think it's it, criminal. That's why I, I think it needs to be number three, um, based on I, I personally I, I have Ghost Protocol at five, but I so guess we're we putting that at put, number. Are we ready to put two, Ghost Protocol at number one then? No, if, we're putting no, no. no, no this no, no, is no, no. where I'm getting my revenge. I want Ghost Protocol at number one. If Rogue Nation's not number one, Fallout no, is not the Fallout best movie of the fucking franchise. I refuse to let Fallout recency bias be damned. I mean, Jed, if you want to make a if you want to make a big run for Ghost Protocol number one, I'm down to run there Dude, with you. Here's the no. thing: if, if we're if we are if we're gonna if we are gonna like leave Rogue Nation in the dust, then I'm shoving Ghost Protocol right to the top. Ghost Protocol is the one that should be in the dust. By the way, best name of the franchise. Disagree. 
best thing yeah. of the franchise is we have to enact ghost protocol. Sure. Yeah. Fuck yeah. They the say it like four has, times, too. The secretary has disavowed the actions. What yeah. happens after you get disavowed? You go into ghost motherfucking protocol. Yeah. Tom Wilkinson has to be up there as a secretary as one of the best, like, one-off scenes in any movie. He's there for, like, it's not even five minutes. Like, yeah. You want to time it. It might be, like, three minutes, 45 seconds mm-hmm. where he gets shot to pieces. But he's one of the great, like, important voices in, yeah. in Hollywood, you know, where it's like, oh, he, this, this guy has something important to say. And, mm-hmm. like, like it, it carries weight. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so let's... I'm Let's making sure more we... of a sacrifice by putting... If we put Gross Protocol at one, I have it at five. That is the biggest, like, jump. You have it at five? Of... I thought you had it at f- four. No, I have MI2 yeah. at four. Having... Yeah, that is, that is fucking whack, bro. Wow. That it's, is so... You're really watching Dubai, like, like... Jeremy Renner's character. I Dude, I actually... So, I'm with you on that, like... I'm hit and miss on Renner anyways. I don't think he's, like, bad in this movie. I don't love his character. I do love the way some characters act off of him. Like, when when he first, like, starts fighting in that hotel room, Cruz's face is one of my favorite faces of, like, the entire franchise. Like, when he looks at him and he's just, like, and Jeremy Renner's just beating people's ass. Yeah, that whole sequence like, when he's, like, when they, like, take the guns off each other. And yeah. And he tosses him back the gun. And he's, mm-hmm. like, how does someone with those skills become a field agent? epic and i do like when renner is counting down when he's like climbing up the wall and Cruz is like the counting isn't helping like that stuff is actually kind of funny like the comedy stuff he actually kind of slid his way in there okay i thought and no and the the dive down uh onto the fan really yeah right yeah that part's actually every single one of renner's comedy lines should be read by simon Pegg or or ving rames that's the thing is like Bing Rames wow. is not in this movie until the last scene. He's not even credited in the movie, and that's just that's like true. criminal to me. I know it is a bummer that he's not there. He must have had a scheduling thing. I wanna, I wanna really quick before we dive in. I wanna make sure we have our our three through six. It sounds like we got our three through six pretty locked up. Number six, we have M two. Number five, M three. Four, Rogue Nation, and three is M one. Is that right? And then we're gonna argue between Ghost Protocol and Fallout as one and two. I think so. I think so. And I, I mean, we, that, knew, we, we need to make sure we give M1 its flowers, too, just because it's such a... Yeah. Then let's do that right now. Let's talk about M1 because it's groundbreaking. It's unbelievable. The Jean Reno, like, the sequence in Langley, him dropping down on the wire, being dead silent in that room, is inked in my memory forever. That is one of the best action sequences of all time. When Jean Reno drops the knife yeah. and it lands on the table absolutely unbelievably epic i think it's probably my favorite opening sequence of the whole franchise too like the way it introduces you to like what they're doing and it ends up being a fake and then you know everyone getting killed and it's just awesome man and one is so good like it could be easily like that's the hard part about these movies is obviously we all have different favorites but M- you could easily argue m1's the best of the franchise yeah but you, you know another thing that I love about this movie? This movie might have the best, like, just people in rooms talking scenes because they actually seem to care about it a little bit more at this point. Um, because you guys are right. Like, it turned way more into, like, an action series. So it's like you get away from having, like, six-minute scenes of people just talking. Um, two scenes that I think of. One, it's the first time, obviously, because it's the first movie of the series, that they do the whole, we can't break into Langley, and then they explain, like, the security defenses. Same. I love when they do that in one, because it feels so fresh. Like, yes, there have been heist movies, you know, since movies were created, of course, but 
the way they go through it, it's such a blooper. You can tell it's so fire because every movie since then has done it, right? Every Mission Impossible has had that scene where they're like, blah, blah, blah. Chip, you got something? Yeah, just to jump off of that. Yeah. Um, they don't, like in Ocean's Eleven, everyone gets together at, at I think it's, is it at Saul's? I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. it's at Saul's house. Yeah. And they have a whole PowerPoint presentation and they explain how they're going to do it. Like they, right. they, they lay out the problems and then they say, throughout the movie it's like hey this is what we're gonna do let's practice this they just fucking do it in m1 they don't like say and then i'm gonna dangle down exactly they just like fucking do it so if if cruz was sitting in that train car like saying hey this is what we're gonna do right it would totally ruin just how special that 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 uh visual is 100 percent. and because like i swear in that one the first time that you see it you don't know how this series operates. So you legitimately think like maybe he gets caught and then breaks out of like, you know, the transport because that's like such a big thing in these movies. Apparently all these prisoners need to be transported all the time and stuff. But um, you don't know. Like you're kind of like maybe he he does get snagged and it's yeah. like kind of this running joke that, you know, he fucks up the first one or something. Um, the thing about M1 too is I love it's the – so it's this the rogue agent thing I've always I've always really admired, and so when it goes well, it's it, it's great. But when it goes bad, it it I it, it's it's always tough to recover from. But what I love about this is it's a different spin off. It it's not just hey rogue agent. It's not only rogue agent, but our main character is being like tagged as the rogue agent and needs to prove that he's not the rogue agent. So how is he how is he going to do that? He's going to break in. He's going to break into the agency. And yeah, it's that whole sequence um, is is incredible. Everything about I love the train sequence at the end too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely yeah. incredible on M one. Um, it's definitely not the first train sequence in a spy movie, but I love what they do with like you know it's it's so clear this is like early internet and they like build up. They're like. Oh, we're about to download something. Oh, we can't download. Yeah. It. We're in a tunnel. Like I, I love that because like that's still weirdly of mm-hmm. all the things like how the internet have aged. The one thing that's true is you go through a tunnel. You fucking you can't download anything. Yeah, and I love that they do that in this movie. Um, Helen Mirren, also incredible. This movie. You as Max. You, are you like yeah thirsty for Helen Mirren right now? Uh, yes, I will. The secretary can disavow these actions, but <laughs> baby, fair enough. I mean, she is she's... one of those like older women that is in the, and she still category. looks great. Like when she oh, yeah. showed up in uh in uh the other great action franchise, uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I was like, oh my god, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. No, she's she's still she's still hitting three hundred with some power for sure. Um. <laughs> But I, I did want to mention last thing that I had on Mission Impossible. When you said train sequence, you're right. The ending it is great. It is a little like... There's a helicopter in a tunnel. It's tunnel, it's unbelievable. So it, with, with 1996, like, uh, you know, CGI. Um, but then also the earlier train scene, I love when he recruits Ving Rhames and John Reno. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. really like that train sequence. Um and it's kind of when he talks about the hardships of, you know, breaking into Langley. But it's it's funny to look back now and remember that Ving Rhames literally got brought on because he'd been disavowed. It's like now he seems like such like a company man. You know, he's yeah, just yeah. like, what can I do to help yeah. out? Like, yeah. you know, like the team. But he literally was disavowed when he first came onto the scene. I, I really like that, like, recruitment scene. And that's kind of the one of the scenes I'm talking about where it's like six minutes. 
that is just them talking and like chatting and and actors like kind of bouncing off of each other yeah you don't get as much in these yeah this movie it's really interesting to like think about what the mission of possible franchise would be if they leaned into that in m2 and m3 a little bit more and i think woo taking over in m2 really like shoved it more towards the action thing like they i think there there's easily a like an alternative universe where they lean more into the people talking in rooms thing for sure for sure Um, i mean i abrams sort of tried to swing it back like he literally skips a huge heist and we didn't really talk about that much but in three like they literally go to commit a heist and he just skips it and shows ethan jumping out of the window at the end of the heist basically and which is like i thought was interesting it seemed like him nodding towards one a little bit like we can slow it down but yeah maybe um uh, Chip, anything else on M1 before we really duke it out on which one of these movies is going to be just, number one or two? Just so horny, you know? What a <laughs> horny movie. <laughs> Bro, it's wild. There is so much Brian De Palma in this movie. Like, he also starts, I'm convinced, because he shot, like, multiple times. He just shot, like, women getting out of cars with, like, their legs and stuff. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure every director since then has just had to sign a contract that said they'd shoot at least one scene that was like that. Because they've all, like, all these, like, non-horny directors have done some of the, like, De Palma horny stuff that he did in the first one. Yeah, exactly. No, they, uh, like, in these movies, there's always a beautiful woman in a dress getting out of an expensive car with her leg. And it's like, all right, like, at some point, what are we doing? But but just just the sweat. And, like... Yeah, he he just drenches Cruz in like mm-hmm. baby oil the entire movie, and it even plays a factor in the in the Langley scene. You know when the sweat is dripping, it's like he puts it in the plot. That's how much he cares about Tom Cruise's body sweat. Yeah, I, I was yeah. I I think this this movie definitely gets labeled as horny, but the underrated part is how horny it is for Tom Cruise alone. Like I exactly. mean, you could take everything else out, just the Tom Cruise scenes. It's it's Top Gun level horny. You gotta love it. Yeah, he really there there's a couple of times when it's like when you haven't seen the older ones for a while but you've seen the newer ones you're like why is Ethan Hunt doing that? Like no no no, he doesn't do that. Yeah, so <laughs> still figuring him out for sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Where do you rank Ghost Protocol? Where do I rank it overall? Yeah, yeah where's it on well. your big board cuz we're about to get into this shit. So, like I said, I had Mission Impossible Fallout So, I had Ghost Protocol cuz I was watching them in order. I had Ghost Protocol after I watched it at 1. And then after I watched Fallout, I put Fallout 1A and Ghost Protocol 1B, basically. Like, almost on the same level with Fallout just beating it out. What about you, Jed? Uh, Ghost Protocol was number 2, right behind Rogue Nation, which we fucking landed at number 4. <laughs> I'm going to shoot myself after this. Um, I, if I'm going to, if we're, if I'm letting Rogue Nation my beloved rogue nation god bless you slide all the way down uh to number four i gotta have ghost protocol at one man so explain to us again less about ghost protocol what is your problem with fallout because nothing, it's nothing about fallout my problem. might be the most like agreed upon in the entire I, series critically i hundred so i just want to know like, every time you look at these lists it's like i would say fallout is is agreed upon as like this is the best one my issues with Fallout aren't really as much my issues with Fallout as they are like what I appreciate about Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol. I give Ghost Protocol huge props for rebooting the series because I genuinely think I know we like M2, we like M3. Um, 
I think what it, Ghost Protocol does, bringing the Mission Impossible franchise into the 21st century, we don't get Fallout, we don't get Rogue Nation without how good Ghost Protocol is at what it's trying to do. And I really like it. But what I love about Rogue Nation is it picks up right where it left off. I think it's it's snappy early. I think it lets you sit with like actual ideas uh, in the middle of it, and then I think it's got good action sequences. Um, the, go, Rogue Nation to me is is the most spy movie of the I would say the recent three, um, and I really love that about it. And so that's why it really resonated with me. And the reason I like Ghost Protocol. At, I had Ghost Protocol at number two is because of the reboot um, and what it does with the franchise. Uh, that intro is awesome in the Russian prison and then going to the Kremlin. Uh, I think it really brings it into like the... There's something about action movies now where they have to have comedy in them. I don't know exactly how we got to that aspect where it has to be really funny, but I think the opening of Ghost Protocol is one of the funnier segments. You know, when he's given the motion to the camera and Simon Pegg's like, nope, I'm not opening that door. I'm not opening that door. But, you know, obviously Ethan Hunt can't hear him. Um, I think that's hilarious. I just, I, I, I don't know. I loved Rogue Nation. I'm really sad that you guys had it at number four. Genuinely uh, devastated, actually. Um, Fallout to me is good, <laughs> but I think it's just, it's just hitting, it's basically like saying like, hey, yeah, we're just going to hit on the same beats um, as Rogue Nation. It doesn't do anything enough that's like, I, okay, you're making a face, and I don't, I don't want to be misconstrued again. It's definitely taking what Rogue Nation does and continuing the story um, in, in a new and interesting way. I really like Fallout. But I don't find Henry Cavill as scary. I don't find Locke as scary, um, you know, as, like, just learning about the syndicate itself like the syndicate being a thing and then the apostles being like the remaining survivors of the syndicate doesn't scare me as much as like the idea of the syndicate when it gets introduced and that's why to me fallout was further down my list um than the others and so if i had to pick between fallout and ghost protocol at one and two i would for sure prefer to put ghost protocol at one um that's I, I think that's does that make sense I'm, I know I'm like I rambled a little bit I didn't come into this podcast like expecting to have to defend fallout like this I thought I, <laughs> I really thought we'd have a consensus number one on fallout and then everything else underneath it would be duped out but mm-hmm. I'm okay with it just because this is like fascinating to, to peer to your psyche I love Henry Cavill in this I think that McCory gets Cavill way more than any other director uh, in particular uh one Zack Snyder. Really good I fight sequence. That, I will yes, say, maybe yes. the best fight sequence of this series is, oh the, my God. is in the bathroom. It's so good. fucking, it's so brutal. It is so And he kills so Alec Baldwin, which brutal. I think is like something that we would all love to have happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> that that's great. Um, <laughs> that is parody. That is alleged. Um, but, like, what he does with Cavill, he turns him into kind of a brute force, kind of a, like, he doesn't, it's kind of clever in that they still have Solomon Lane kind of, and and, and even the uh, the scientists at the beginning have to deliver some of the more like nuanced and intense and uh, philosophical uh, musings and and missions of the apostles. You know, there's like a couple of lines where Cavill has to be like, 
uh, this is what the apostles believe in when he's talking to Solomon Lane. For the most part, it, it leaves that dialogue away. It's like, no, you're just here to like have a mustache and look like both hot and intimidating, and also Definitely to reload hot, your arms sure. in the bathroom because yeah. that's like, like he, that's that's the best acting I've ever seen. He cocks his arms like they're machine guns. Hold on, time. Out. I wanna, I wanna go back to what you just said. The best acting you've ever seen. Yes. Is Henry Cavill cocking his arms like shotguns in yes. the bathroom in Mission Impossible Fallout? Yes. Okay, I'm going to tweet that out, make sure. I'm going to pin it on your Twitter, make sure that everyone... Chip, do you want to throw in caveat of, like, best action acting? Because I think that... Yeah, I know no, what you I mean. I can agree with that, no. maybe. You're no, like, no, he's no better than Pacino here. in The Godfather. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That just, that's like Evan's take that everyone before 1980 didn't know how to act. <laughs> Do you remember that? That's a throwback <laughs> I take. I don't remember what episode that was, but that was fucking great. I just think that, like, I just I just love Cavill. I think that he is a little bit funny uh, in, in how kind of dumb he is. You know, he's, he's like, Henry Cavill is a himbo, right? Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> just dumb and attractive and strong, and he's going to beat people up and fly in a helicopter and look around and look cool. That's who he is. He does. He doesn't need to be any deeper than that. He doesn't need to be Superman, represent Jesus. He doesn't have that range. This is his range. Chris McQuarrie gets that. Okay. So, Evan, you're kind of. I would say like me and me and Chip are definitely the two sides of the fence for Ghost Protocol and and Fallout. And I think I could. We could. You could be swayed either way. So I want to hear what are your thoughts on both these movies. Maybe let's start with with Fallout because that's what Chip just talked about, and then go to Ghost Protocol. And where you know, in your heart of hearts, would you end up ranking them? Yeah. So Fallout, I think overall is just like a really great action movie, which is something that I really prize. Like it. It kind of kicks off at the beginning. There's, um, you know, it's a popular action movie move where where the main character. You know, they say it a million times. He chooses one life over a million. I think that, or like over millions, which is like such like a good way of grounding these types of movies. It's almost like recognizing how kind of like silly the premise is of just like all of these movies ending with like a nuclear blast or something like that. Um, it's like, hey, I-, I cared more about Ving Rhames too than like, you know, countless people were, you know, somewhere around the world. Um and then it just gets into action set pieces mixed with actual like motivation. Like I feel like we've known the characters for long enough at this point that I know what Simon Pegg is going for. I know what Ving Rhames is going for. I like I know why they're so connected with Ethan and um and like the belief in this team, essentially, as cliche as it sounds or whatever. Um so I just like believe this movie a lot, which sounds like stupid, but I do. And then the action just a hundred percent delivers. Like that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. Um, a couple unbelievable uh, set pieces. I love the running on the roof. Like if I had to think of like a seminal moment, like not a full scene, but a moment. Like I do kind of think of like Simon Pegg talking in Ethan Hunt or in uh, Tom Cruise's ears as he's running along the roof and then, you know, in the building, he has to turn left, jump out the window. Like all that stuff is like, like I said, with Ghost Protocol, really mixing like the action and comedy and like kind of silliness that that is involved with lots of this stuff, if you really think about it. And then Ghost Protocol, like, so 
I'm going to fall on the side of Fallout, barely, because I think it's just an overall better movie. But I do think Ghost Protocol combines everything. Like I said, again, it combines everything that I love about this series, maybe the best. Like, culminating in that Dubai sequence, which is, one, ultimately hilarious, is like an actual spy scene because they're like, I love they're switching out the room numbers. They're putting on different masks. Like, I really like that whole, like, we're going to be having the same conversation you know, in two rooms above and below each other and have to like be passing papers. Like I really love that stuff. Um, really love it. Love the jail, love the carport at the end. Um, like I think that's actually a pretty cool, you know, kind of condensed action sequence. Um, It's a unique setting, a unique, you know what it weirdly reminds me of that sequence weirdly reminds me of Yoda and Palpatine at the end of revenge of the Sith. Like jumping around when they're in the the Senate, in the Senate, and all the things are flying, like yeah. cars like falling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know why it's always weirdly. And like hitting one and then it dropping and like yeah. yeah and yeah. I love like it kind of ties in the comedy again with Simon Pegg like getting pissed off and like he keeps hitting the like the control board or whatever and it keeps like raising him back up to uh to the level. But um yeah I it, I just think it, it's hard to explain. It's like you know when you say I just think Fallout's a little bit better movie. Um, whereas Ghost Protocol to me might be like a more enjoyable watch if that makes it like I could just throw it because I know like it, it doesn't always need to be action set pieces to for me to be engaged I guess is, is sort of what mm-hmm. I'm getting at I just think that the countdown in fallout is so perfectly executed mm-hmm. I, I I know it's a cliche I know it's a cliche to have multiple people trying to cut multiple wires at the same time but I think it's perfectly paced and yeah. well-timed and i think that the shot of Cruz holding the the detonator and then letting it go and then watching the sun come up is like weirdly peaceful and quiet after all of that action and it, it's it so satisfying for a little bit longer than you might yeah. expect you know it just like lets him rest and it's so beautiful and it's it's fucking imax i you know i'm such a nerd for the aspect ratio ratio switch in both the sky jumping scene and in that scene um i, I think it, it just looks like that is such an amazing theater experience. Like that is so event shit, you know. And mm-hmm, I really yeah. hope that we get more of that with with MI Seven. Yeah. Um, real quick before we we go, I'd be rem- I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, the reason that you guys are wrong about Rogue Nation. The best action sequence in the entire uh, franchise, in my mind, is that underwater, like, data house sequence. It's Tom a good Cruise one actually held his breath for six minutes um, yeah in in real life wait what yeah, he, held he held his breath, his breath for, for six, six minutes minutes shooting that sequence can you believe that unbelievable i just let's all try it just, just d- double check um pretty pretty crazy and impressive but he's a what? he's a motherfucker man he's a this motherfucker. is the first time this is genuinely the first time i feel like i've lost on this podcast i feel wronged um but i have to respect you know the the rule of of three um and two you know two are always going to agree and and unfortunately that's it so with that being said our rankings officially are the best mission impossible movie is mission impossible fallout number two is ghost protocol number one is mission impossible the og number four is mission impossible rogue nation number five mi3 and number six MI2. Any final parting thoughts, you guys? Um, 
Well, Chip, you, I feel like you're, you're satisfied with this list. I am. Um, I think I had the least overall movement besides Ghost Protocol jumping from five to two. But again, I mean, at some point, there's very little separation between all of these um, because I do think that they are all like it. I think these are all at least like, you know, if you want to just go off of a rating, like a four star to a five star. So I'm, I can't be that mad at anything. I But I did want to fight for the five star fallout. I This is like a... This is like when, uh, you know, when you finally beat your dad at like, uh, like a board game or something, or or in a race. Like, remember, like yeah. racing your dad? Oh, pick a kid, basketball, finally, like outrun them, or yeah, exactly. You beat him in a game of twenty-one. Like that's what that's what I feel like just happened, and like, you know, how disappointed the dad is when that finally happens. That's how I. That's how I. Crushing, feel. <laughs> crushing, crushing. Um, I just have to say, Chip. The only reason I have to disagree, and. I, I'm actually happy about this. I think I, I think I'm due. I've gotten absolutely blown out in both yeah, of our drafts. You had, no, you had for sure, Evan. The, like I have the exact. I have the li- exact list. Yeah, your six list for is, six. Yeah, you were. This six is your six. list. Yeah, yeah, this is my list. Yeah. Oh my god! I finagled my way into the one through six exact listing Wait, that I had. That's I don't think so I impressive. That. That's yeah. so impressive. Um. And I honestly didn't have to. You were like Switzerland too. The best part about this whole thing, yeah, is it was kind you of have the exact the list, but you acted like you're like, well, I like this. You literally pulled on me. You said, "Listen, if you want to go Ghost Protocol for one, I could be down for that." Just so, just to get me to like give up Rogue Nation, and then you're like, "Hey, by the way, Chip, yeah, Fallout for sure, bro." Boom! Oh Fucking, my god, this you is sly a ma- motherfucker. master manipulation right here. It, hey. It, it settled into place. I, I knew as soon as Mission Impossible settled, seemed like it was settling into number three. You know, the first Mission Impossible. I was like, this is shaping up pretty well. Um, yeah, so I feel I feel pretty good. Like, obviously, yeah. I have to. Like, I, I, I believe in my list, so I can't sit here and say, like, I felt something different. So, um, well, yeah, I think this was fun. Hey, congratulations. This Thank is you. definitely, I would say, our most contentious episode. Um I was really, really fired up when Rogue Na- when you guys were both against me in Rogue Nation. I felt backed into a corner. Um, I was shocked to like. I have to say, I was shocked to hear you like, like this is for sure number one. Like this was not one of the movies that I thought somebody <laughs> was going to ride for. I thought somebody might ride for like MI One, just in yeah. being like none of this could have happened without it. I didn't see a Rogue Nation like clear number well, one. Uh, there you go. You know, but good for that's you. what that's what I'm on this podcast for is you guys are the sensible ones. And I just pick purely with heart. And, uh, you know, I got beat today, but it's OK. I'm, I'm, I really I'm do. I want you to know, Jed, I really love Rogue Nation. Like I have it three on my big board. OK. And I think that the spy elements of it are fantastic. Yeah. And that makes me feel marginally better. But it ended up four on our on our <laughs> list. And, I, and it still really, really hurts. But it's OK. Because there's going to be other podcasts, there's going to be other uh, other rankings, uh, in which I will come out victorious. And you know what? Mm-hmm. We got you know we got Deathly Hallows too, and that's true. You know what? This is the price I had to pay, and I'm happy. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That's who, that's true. Who knew that the bartering would go from pod to pod? It, but, yeah, it's extended. It's extended goodwill. And I will have to give us some credit. At no point did we waver on. Dropping MI, you know, MI1 to number four. Yeah, I love that we were all throughout all of that. It was always like, is Rogue Nation going to go to two? 
or four. Like, it was, like, kind of bouncing around. Like, there was no, like, well, let's just ro- drop MI1 and make it easy. It was yeah, the, the respect the re- that we showed. Yeah, we it's about it respect. respect. It's doing about the Italian respect. hands right now. you gotta res- you got to respect It's about ethics. It's about respect. It's, it's about ethics. You come to me. This man is not of, ethical. On the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> And you rank the Mission Impossibles, okay. Jed. I want I want you to know, Jed. It's it's not personal. It's strictly business. <laughs> strictly business. Okay. We made Jed an offer he could not refuse. Oh God, you guys are incredible. With that being said, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, uh, I hope you were um, as engaged, as potentially fired up as we were during this episode. I think this is one of our most contentious pods, and I oh, think yeah. that'll make for great theater. Yeah. Um, Please, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Flick and Scream, on Instagram at Flicking and Screaming. Email us with questions, anything you want to say at flickingandscreaming at gmail.com. We haven't thrown that one out in a while. Um, we love having conversations with the listeners. Uh, got a shout out KJ Carter on, in- or on Twitter. He always is tweeting uh, about Flicking and Screaming stuff. We love engaging with him, hearing his takes. Uh, and so thank you so much, KJ, for always uh, engaging. Please, everyone, let us know what you think. What's your ranking? Where did we miss? Um, are we going to get roasted on Twitter? Is the secretary going to disavow our list? Uh, we need to understand. Uh, next week, we've got a really fun episode coming. Uh, as we are recording this podcast, it is Thursday, May 27th. Summer is on the horizon. So we are going to do our top five favorite summer movies. What does that mean? Movies that take place in summer? Does that mean movies that give summer vibes? Movies that you'd watch on summer vacation? It's all of the above, people. So it's going to be a really broad, exciting list. Uh, I'm really interested to see what you guys think. I know Chip's going to come out with something fucking wacko, uh, and it's going to be great. So Yeah, did you guys know that uh, The Irishman is a summertime movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's also a Christmas movie. Exactly. According to Chip. Chip's favorite summer movie is No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty, like, warm movie. That is yeah, a very, it, I, I that know. Is a hot movie. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. For Flicking and Screaming, I'm Jed Sprague, Evan Fagundis, JT Chipman. Good night. See ya. Good night, everyone. <laughs>